Jimmy. Lights, camera, action. Some people thought I quit and I ain't giving satisfaction. From a different era, writing rhymes up on napkins. What you had to say was more important, man, than traffic. Yeah, I'm talking back. And what's good, family? Welcome to WPEB Radio 88.1 FM, 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia, Jimmy Bond's podcast. What's good, family? What's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome back. We was out last week, but we're back today. And I have to say I'm very happy for us being back. Very happy for us to keep this conversation going. But family, you know I got to introduce our co-host, so let me just first give a shout out to our co-host, my man, Ty T. Wow, what's good, Ty? How you feeling? All good in the neighborhood, JB. Live from the 215. Live from the 215, and you know I can't forget our other co-host, Lady Miss T with the T. What's up, T? How you doing? Thank you, fellas, for the red carpet and the flowers. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> you know how we do. We get bouquets of them for you, bouquets of them. Yes. Move right along, family. Remember, you call us with your comments and your questions at 215 Four seven two zero eight eight one. Again, it's two one five four seven two zero eight eight one. You can also email us at Jimmy Bonds Podcast at gmail.com. Again, it's Jimmy Bonds Podcast at gmail.com. It's J I N Y B O N D S Podcast at gmail.com. And again, family, tonight is a very special episode. Yes. We have recently kicked off our new campaign, our new initiative from Philadelphia Radio, our title Broken, a podcast series on black men's mental health. So, even though this is doing the Jimmy Boss podcast, you know how we do, this is actually an episode about broken. Uh, there are a lot of struggling black men out there with mental health crises and challenges, so we wanted to make sure we, we focused on that and try to find some solutions and some things that would help them out out there. So, with that being said, family, with that being said, <laughs> with that being said, yes. <laughs> family, Come on we have a guest tonight that is one that... We are very humble to have in yes. our in our in our presence. Yes. And I don't mean like, you know, he told me coming in, he's like, yo, bro, I'm, I'm I'm from West Philly, man. I'm like, I know, bro. I know you're from West Philly. And I gotta keep it kinda formal but informal, but you gotta know he's already family. So we greatly appreciate him coming on and we're gonna give him an introduction. Make sure we be, make sure we give him his due, as we do with all our guests that come on. Yeah. So y'all ready? I don't know. I don't know. I gotta get myself together. I gotta get myself together. Okay. Super excited here. All right. So before we introduce our guest, let me let's get the intro going. Okay. Mr. John White Jr. is president and CEO of the Consortium, which is an award-winning behavioral health provider that serves over fifteen thousand people every year at five locations in West and Southwest Philadelphia. Mr. White is a former Pennsylvania State Rep, Philadelphia City Councilman. Secretary of Welfare for the State of Pennsylvania and Philadelphia Federal Housing Chief. In 1987, he was appointed by Governor Robert P. Casey to be Secretary of Department of Public Welfare, and he was the first African American to hold that position. Happy Black History Month, brother. <laughs> he graduated from West Philly High class in 1966. Shout out to the Speed Boys and the Speed Girls. West is Boston's class. <laughs> He has a BA in, in Health and Physical Education from Westchester University. He has a BA in Journalism from Lincoln University. He attended the Fells Institute of Government of the University of Pennsylvania and the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University. In addition, he played the French horn in the <laughs> prestigious All-City Orchestra and was inducted into the Settlement Music School Hall of Fame. He has an illustrious career in government as well as in the private sector but his dedication to the community has never wavered. He is a CEO, a president, an advocate, a reformer, a musician, an organizer, an ambassador for change, a social change agent, a negotiator, a West Philly native, a husband, and a father of five. I like to describe him as compassionate, devoted, dedicated, committed, decorated, pivotal, encouraging, and invaluable. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to the CEO and president of the consortium, the Honorable Mr. John White. Welcome to the show, bro. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. John West Philly. Let me say from the, from the outset, um, I've been fortunate, I guess, to have been asked to make any number of appearances and, and do interviews. Yes, sir. Um, but there was a special feeling as soon as we um, dapped up. Yes, sir. Um, 
this is where I'm supposed to be tonight. Amen. Okay. Amen. And I'm, I'm with the right people in the right spot. And we're going to be talking about the right thing. Yes, sir. You know? Yes, sir. Uh, and I'm humbled at the invitation. I really am. Uh, well, you got to know, you have to know that we are humble to have you here. Yes. Well, um, look, I, know, I, know, I know we keep our feet on solid ground. I know we do. You know, I understand that. And, and that's the most important that's aspect. That's the most of, important aspect. You know, that's no matter exactly what we right. accomplish in life, it's important to keep our feet on solid ground. I, that's I understand exactly that. Right. But, brother, like, you have done some things in your career. But, but let's not get it twisted. <laughs> um, I'll get credit, but I don't do nothing by myself. Um, I, I've always wanted to be surrounded by people who are smarter than I am about what they do. Mm. Uh, at the consortium, all I do is lead. I don't, I'm not a therapist, I don't counsel, I don't do billing, <laughs> uh, I don't bring in no money. All I do is lead, yeah. you know? Yeah. And the effectiveness that I think that um, leadership has is that it allows people to do what they do best and not be satisfied at just being the best. Yeah. I want our folks to be experts. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a difference, you know. Um, we, um, we do stuff out the box and we're not, we're part of the system but we're not in the clique. That, um, <laughs> that, that's the, the time shaking his head, right? Time, like, yeah, like that's you part of the system, but not the click, exactly. And that's important because the needs of our community go beyond what the system can provide. Oh, yes. Uh, and we'll get into, you know, some examples of what I'm talking about when, you know, as the show goes on. Yeah. But that is important, you know. Um, I've seen a lot, man. Yeah, man. I've seen a lot. You have. You know, I, I, I would have thought that you, um, you might have known my mentor, Tyree Johnson. What's up? We can get out of here, boy. <laughs> get out of here, boy. I know you know it. I know you know it. Get out of here, boy. We can go back to the game wars. Get out of here, boy. We can go back to the game wars. Yeah, well, I was... Right? Yeah, I know you was in there. I know you was in there. Yeah, yeah that's man. My, that's my mentor, man. That's, man, a, that's a good that's one. That's what got me... That's and and the, guy, the guy that's doing our media thing, you, you've met Joel Avery, his mentor was Ace Moore. See? Here we go again. See? Black men. Yes, very much so. You know, and the thing is that you get an opportunity it's an opportunity to give that opportunity to somebody else. Yes, sir. And that's what I appreciate about what y'all are doing. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you're giving people well, not only an opportunity to, to, to have a voice, but you're also giving people an opportunity to hear, to learn. Yeah. Okay, and the question. Yeah. The question. So let me shut up and I'll just an answer your hard questions. Nah, you good, man. I know you got. I'm gonna let you start off, sis. You, you, you. Can, can I tell the truth? Can I, can I tell the truth about her? I no, keep you, it can, you can definitely. I was, I was gonna say, you know, just for her stance, maybe we keep it a secret. But at the same time, I think, I think we should tell the, the family, you know, who she is, and you know, definitely. Nah, bro, go ahead. Tell them. Let's, we, we ain't got no secrets over here. I wrote T a message the other. Night, and I said to her, called her one of my favorite co-workers. Thank you. <laughs> T works in our, in our business office, billing, off, billing yes. department, our fiscal department. Yes. And she works in my suite. I flirt with her every day. <laughs> but I keep moving. <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't invite her in the office. Just, hey, my baby. Girl. And she said, am I not? Am I telling the truth? I flirt with her every day, and I don't care who's around. Um, she is. She makes a tremendous contribution to what we do. Um, it takes everybody. I can't do what she does, and that's a perfect example of what I said earlier. People who are smarter than I am about what they do. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, and I, I didn't even know she had the podcast. Yeah, Her I'm, mother <laughs> told me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm but that's 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 about her humility. Yeah, that's about her humility. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. So, T, thank you, babe. You're so welcome. Thank sir. you. Still don't get that raise though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy to work for the There you go. That's it. That's it. I'm, I'm glad to work as with you. As long as we're making a difference, that's the only thing that matters. Tell me about it. Yes. Tell me about yeah, it. Sure. Let's go. What you got? Right, let's get it to All right, so um, I guess I'll just, you know, start the ball off from here. Okay, so um, with 
all of your success and all of the things that you have done, when did you know that you were really a, pil- a pillar to the community? Like, when did it kind of hit you that you're like, you know what, I'm actually making a difference? When did you know that you were making a difference in the community? When I do, I used to, well, I still meditate, but I remember a specific thing that I would ask of him some years ago. I would ask him to allow me to be a blessing to someone else Mm. so that I too can be blessed. Mm. Um, And I never considered myself a pillar Okay. We just had the thing in, in Mount Airy, right, where we did the, the street renaming. Right. And uh, a great the, the, guy I right, right, the guy I mentioned earlier, Joel Avery, he did a lot of research. Um, I did not read press clippings. <laughs> I never saw myself on TV. Yeah. Okay. I didn't listen to myself on the radio. I wanted to feel that pain, okay? Um, but I, I just was never about that. And he brought to life some of the things that we were able to accomplish that really made me feel that I'm fulfilling my purpose. Um, If I can, on purpose. I I was doing really well uh, in the 70s and um, 80s. I was really doing well. And my son, my middle son, LeVan, uh, was in a car accident. Hit by a drunk driver in a pickup truck and had serious, serious, serious brain injuries. He was in a coma for seven days. And he was at Christiana Hospital. I was living at the time upon Gorgeous Lane. Um, I was there every morning. I was there at lunchtime. I would be there at night. I was rope, same routine, you know, trying. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I realized that I had not asked God to save myself. Mm. I remember it was around three o'clock in the morning. I drove down to Christiana Hospital. I walked into his room. I got down on my knees. And I did what my grandmother said you never do. I made, I made a deal with God. And I told him, if you save my son, I will serve you all the days of my life. I fell asleep in the chair. And I woke up and when he said, Dad, is that you? Now, you, you could easily say and that I was serving before that. I was. I'd been in the office. I was, you know, I was cool. Yeah. But the reason why I was serving became crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, you put it in the context of basically when did I know I was making a difference, you know, consciously. It was never about that. Sometimes the most difficult question for people to answer is why. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Bureaucrats don't ever want you to ask them why. Without realizing that and being selfish in asking him to heal my son, I realized that I did have a purpose. Okay. That what we were doing was not by accident. Yeah. It wasn't something that um, you know, in practice, yeah, right? Yeah. It happened. And we happened to be in the right place at the right time with the right motivation, with the right people, and the right commitment. That's all it was. I asked him to heal my son. My son told the right frontal lobe of his brain had 28 facial fractures, lost all of his cognitive skills. My son graduated from Morgan. There you go. He got his master's in psychology at Arcadia. And he works at DVH now. Wow. That wasn't supposed to happen. No, it wasn't. I didn't do anything. 
I had nothing to do with it. But I asked. And what he did was he revealed my purpose. That's when it changed for me. Mm -hmm. Okay? Uh, and I'm, I'm not, you know how I am now, yeah. okay? Yeah, man. But there's something inside of us. There is a spiritual side of us that when you get in touch with it, yeah. mm -hmm. it, it, it can, it will inspire you without you even knowing it. I've been at the consortium 22 years. I got fired. If I had not gotten fired, I would not have been at the consortium. I wasn't looking for a job. I got fired on a third on a Friday. I was interviewed for this job on a Tuesday. I got a call asking me if I was interested. I hung up on him. Because <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Yeah. Right? Yeah. These other folks that, you know, yeah. Caucasians. I'm like, you know. Um, and I, fortunately, she called me back. Left that Friday, Tuesday, I walked in and was hired to be the president and CEO of the consortium. I wasn't looking for a job. I wasn't looking to be the Secretary of Welfare. I wasn't looking to be a Philadelphia Housing Authority. I sought city council, didn't want to run for city council. I was encouraged to run for the legislature by students, okay? Um, we had the Youth Action Council, the Urban League, yeah. which, you know, was bringing young people together from different high schools, exposing them to different stuff, talking about subjects and whatnot. And um, we had a young lady who wanted to go to college. Her father, a strange father, they were separated. Father was well off. And mom wasn't doing that good. She didn't have the money to go to college. So she thought, well, boom, her father died. So she's thinking, I'm next. Yeah. Now, in Pennsylvania, an estranged father, the child of an estranged father, had no entitlement to inheritance. Wow. That was deep. Okay? So, the kids, student, high school students, said, we ought to change that. We took a school bus up to Harrisburg. Nobody would talk to us. Oh, wow. On the way back, the late Rochelle Dukes stood up in the aisle of the bus and said, Mr. White, you ought to run. I can't make that story up. I had never thought about running for office before. Yeah. I was dealing with gangs. I was dealing, I was dealing with people in the street. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't in the suit and tie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and what happens? The first time, I lost. Two years later when I ran, the 18-year-olds got the right to vote. So them same 18, them same 16-some-year-olds that you was dealing with then. Now they're 18. Now they're 18. Okay? Yeah. I go to Harrisburg. The first bill that I signed on to was to change that law. Your records are no longer stamped illegitimate. There's no longer a rubber stamp on your file that says I have a wedlock. No, no. Dad now pays your health insurance. Okay, okay. I mean, but th th those were kids, yeah. right? Yeah. Those were kids. They had no idea. All they said was, nobody was speaking for us. Yeah. So that's how I got there. And from that point on, that's where the advocacy thing started. Definitely. You know, so to folks out there, listen. Um, <laughs> Everybody can make a difference, okay. you know? Control the space that you occupy. It's not your title, right? It's not, it's not your label. I don't even wear name tags, okay? I don't, okay? I'm John, I'm John. John yeah. and, I, and I mean that, yeah, for okay? Sure. That's called keeping your feet on the ground. But keeping your feet on the ground also means you have to have some consciousness of what is going on around you. And whatever you can do, whatever you can do, you do it. Yeah. Whether you can, if you sit in the window and you see some strange people on the street, don't ignore it. Yeah. Say something. You know, yeah. you want to clean your neighborhood? Come together and do that. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm no, into, don't, don't, don't apologize. This kind of stuff we talk about all the time. Unless we organize, yeah. nothing happens. Yeah. Right? Yes, we have strength as individuals, but the collective is even stronger. Yes, it is. So I would urge people. Uh, 
get involved, man. Get involved. Uh, and don't be shy about it. Definitely. Get involved because the solutions to our issues, we got the answers to. See? You see, Ty, this is what I, this, this, I can't say this is something we expected, right? You know, this is, this is kind of like one of the things we just like, yeah, it's going to be a great interview. And you sit there and you sit there like, oh, my goodness, like, really? So, you know, we're going to spend this first segment talking about Reverend John because I'd rather just do that for right now. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll come back on the second segment and focus on societal pressures of black men. Yeah. Um, I, I got some questions for him just just in general come in terms on. of, of That's what, what, he, what he's accomplished, not even when it's case his career. I don't like to say what you've accomplished because it's really about what, what we'll be. Where, you, where you are at today, you know? Um, so, it, with, I mean, with that being said, if I say... You are from West Philly, with that being said. <laughs> <laughs> if I said to you, right, if I said to you, in your own words, what does West Philly mean to you? It's home. Ooh, that's a good one. It's home. It's home. Um, I left here, I left West Philly in 69 and came back in 91. Lived in Mount Airy. And I, I hate to put it this way, so forgive me. Um, but I used to joke around and say, you know, the difference between West Philly and North Philly is, in West Philly, I know who shot me. There's a sense of pride. Well, Philadelphia's neighborhoods, black neighborhoods, all bring a sense of pride, you know. But West Philly in particular, um, it, the, the world. The description of village came much later, okay. but that's what it was. Yeah. Um, I remember Miss Marion Campbell, who's across the street. Man, she, newsy, <laughs> and we had a rule in the White House. No company when my parents were in home. Okay, well, we would sit there on go up the street to Robin's house, we'd play pinochle, sit on the steps. So one day they were <laughs> sitting on my porch, we were playing peanut, having a good time. My father used to get home about 4.30. Quite before, everybody, boom, everybody was gone, right? Mm -hmm. My father came and said, uh, did I tell you that I had these pepperheads in my house? <laughs> I was literally 14 or 15 years old before I finally figured out how he would always know. It was Miss Campbell. <laughs> you know? We all have Right. But, that, but that's, that's the history, though. That's, yeah. that's something that... That's I, the village. We, we yeah, that's, that's, that is the village. It is. We hang out on the corner. You're doing our thing. Sonny Hamilton would drive by, and he had a bad Riviera, Buick Riviera, man. And he would pull up and he said, what y'all doing? You know? Yeah. Now we're scared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now we're scared to say something. Um, and we looked out for each other. That's what the... Well, you know, some people might not know who Sonny Hamilton is. Sorry. When you when you when you drop that name, it, that, that's a particularly for the youngins that's that's growing up now in West Philly. They might not know who Sonny Hamilton who who, who that was. Well, Sonny Hamilton was a mentor of mine. Okay. Um, and we all admired him. He was slick, smooth, good looking, got a nice car. Mm -hmm. um, he grew up with Sonny uh, Johnny Johnny Sample, the football player. They were best friends. Okay. And Sonny played ball. And he hooked up with Sunny Hill, and they did the Sunny Hill League. Okay. Yeah. Ty, Ty, would you say Ty? You, yeah. yeah, Ty, like, yeah, I know about that one, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ty, he's showing your age over here. <laughs> hey, look. <laughs> but West Philly was different, too. It was. Yes. That, um, I was saying, telling you earlier, that it's a group of us that, uh, brothers, fraternity brothers, and we hook up Friday nights, every Friday, 7 o'clock, do a Zoom thing. So check out, check in. Some of us have been together since 1961. Mm -hmm. The majority of the people on this call are West Philly graduates. Mm -hmm. You know, and we're still tight. And that's the, that's the camaraderie that growing up in West Philly builds. It, it builds. I, I'm, it. I'm not sure people know too much about that, but the camaraderie in West Philly, particularly in, in, in generations previous. You asked me about somebody. Yeah, I did. Right? Yeah. From, what, two years after I graduated, yeah. and it was boom. Yeah. You knew exactly who she you was. You knew exactly who she was, yeah, that was man. That my mama. Like His that. mother. <laughs> right. That's my you mama, know? right. And, and the teachers that I was fortunate to have at West, um, they were amazing. I was in the motivation program. Uh, that was a program that took um, knuckleheads who had potential <laughs> right, right. and tried to get them straight academically and whatnot, right. and um, Bill Adams. Bill Adams was a journalist, a radio personality, and an English teacher. Mm. 
uh, Mr. Super, my math teacher. Arnold Jackson was my track coach and football football coach. Cornelia Steffens. Dorothy Davis. Al Vaughn. I can remember the black teachers, right? Because of how they invested in us. Yes, they did. Yes. Right? Yes, they did. So from that class, I'm going to slight some people. But you got a deputy attorney general. You got a dentist, two pharmacists, doctors, a housing specialists, educators. This is just off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. like, you know. Yeah. That class of knuckleheads. Look where they are now. Yep. Because somebody said, you know what? Come here, man. And we need we need we need that today, like so bad. So it's bad, so bad. And the question is, how do we do it? And and that's the you know, as much as we, you can talk about what you need, it's all about solutions with me. And so I'll tell you the same thing. How do you find those solutions? Right. How do you create those solutions? Right. You know, I think a lot of times you got to break those barriers with people psychologically, because they have them up already. You know, they don't think that there are any resources out there for them in terms of moving them forward in their careers and their lifestyle. Um, I got to find that peace. That, that I was saying that describes who we are. Yes. Um, it speaks to, have you ever been rejected? <laughs> have you ever been denied? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you felt you were worthy? Yes. Yeah. Have you ever been ignored? Yes. Always. Have you ever been lost? Yes. Yep. Have you ever been in a position where you couldn't tell nobody? Yes. Mm -hmm. Those are the same people who are now treating you. They get all fancy now, right? They call it lived experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people that we work with, and T, I know she can attest to this. Yes, I can. The people who do the work are the same people who were in need. Sure. And and <laughs> as you even say, the people that do the work are the same people that are in need. I always say, um, who's gonna help the ones helping everyone else? Who's going to help them? Because, at, you know, they, there's so much pulled from them, and sometimes, or there are limited times where they're refilled. That's right. You know what I mean? Where people pour back into them what they need in order to keep going to do what they do. Because when you, when you serve the public, when you serve certain demographics. That's what you're doing. You, that's what you're doing. Okay, but, right? you, but the feet on the ground is understanding. Not, not judging, not being cursed. I tell my folks... I'm not going to, you shouldn't hear this because you're not in our recovery unit. <laughs> cover my ears, cover my ears. But I have no problem. I'll say to them, I've done everything you did, except I never used a needle. The difference is I never got caught. Mm. I stood in the same line you stood in on Ruby Street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What I'm saying? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And that'll keep, that'll let you know. Right? But then the question is, how'd you get through it? Right. When I do orientation, I will tell ask people, I'm real simple, when you come to work, come to work every day to help somebody. Come to work every day to learn something. Come to work every day to teach. The days that you don't feel like you can do all three of those, stay home. You got sick time, vacation time, leave time. Why? Because we can't afford to have you bring your baggage yes. mm -hmm. and unload that on somebody else. Yes. Yep. And the most important thing that I ask people to do so remember how you came through it. Yes. Whatever brought you through, maybe you can share that because it may be the key to unlocking somebody else's issue. Yeah. For you sure. never know. For sure. So I don't have any problem letting people know. I get depressed, bro. Okay? Yeah, I sure. get believe me. I know you I got two hundred and fifty <laughs> co-workers, two hundred and fifty families that I'm responsible for. Yep. You damn right. Yeah. I get Depressed. Right. The responsibility okay. is major. You get a hug from me every time you come in, look like you're depressed. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. So you you know, yeah. it's real. It is real. It is real. I mean, the difference. I got a network that lifts me up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's tea in the morning. I'll say, <laughs> boom, you give me a hug. Right. It's the brunch on Friday night. Man, I had a bad week. Mm -hmm. Right. It's mm -hmm. my wife at home. Okay. I've got that network, but. You gotta use it. Yeah, if you if it's, it's no good if you don't use you it. You gotta. 
How many times? I'm sorry. I know this would have been interviewed. I'm just running off his mouth. But for me, for me, this is real talk. Okay. How many times did somebody ask you, "How you feeling?" And they don't hear your answer. We just spoke about that. Yeah. We just spoke. Yeah, that's that was one of the main things the brothers were saying. Like you asked me how I'm doing, but you don't really you, you don't, don't hear. You don't hear. Exactly. I've come in. She hadn't said a word. She went up. She could look at me. Mm-hmm. Okay. But at the same time, I'm not bashful about telling her, "Hey, babe." Somewhere I'm at. And we walk away yeah. from the situation. I'm frustrated. Okay, yeah. right. I'll come out of that boardroom sometimes, boy. I'm, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ready to let them have it. And we have to understand that there is nothing unmanly about admitting you need help. So, so when you when you talk about that, because now now we gonna now well, I don't want to see how I segue back listen, into that. Thing. I, I, tried, <laughs> I'm pretty good at this, but I got the brother John over here. You know, what I'm I, saying? So I got I, was, I got a good engineer. I got good, two good interviews. I'm good, man. We good. Go ahead, bro. Well, so I'm more about the history part. Um, when you came into PHA, right. what was it like through your eyes, the black communities through PHA? I cried more in that position than I did in any other job I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I was fortunate, blessed. I didn't grow up in that. The only thing I knew about back then, the project that we call it public housing, right. <laughs> a well-known secret, not too well-known. Yeah, no, no, no. They, I, you can gloss over that if you want to, but no, people don't know that. Right. <laughs> when I was when I was Secretary of Welfare. I would go to Pittsburgh and stay in the projects. I would stay at a hotel. Wow. When I would go to Erie, I'd stay in the projects. The politicians didn't like that because they wanted to feel and touch me, you know, why is he still right? They want to take me out of dinner. I'd be in the projects. I learned so much, not having any idea what was going to be down the road in my life. Mm-hmm. I gained respect. Mm-hmm. I learned that people did not want to remain in this situation. Okay. You know, uh, people who were on public assistance or welfare, they didn't want to be on welfare. Mm-hmm. Nobody wanted to be told what to do, right? What to do with your money, what food you can buy, what you can't. Nobody wanted that. But where was the opportunity? So when I got to the housing authority, uh, we did some crazy stuff, right? We got almost 200 people jobs, mm. okay? Mm. Um, we send people to school. We have residents rebuilding their own communities, right? Um, we did daycare. We did a health center, Richard Allen, okay? okay. One in Hill District, born on Adams Avenue, right? Healthcare, boom, did it. Took down the high rises. We gave people green grass. Nice. Who had never seen green grass in their neighborhood. And I'm not even going to get into the fact that some very well-known elected officials were against that. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I, ain't dry, I ain't doing no, that. No, no, because I was going to say that I'm sure you were met with a lot of backlash and a lot of resistance. They couldn't. Of, in terms of what you were doing. They couldn't. Yeah. Because we helped the tenants organize. Before every board meeting, every resolution that was going to be considered by the board came to them. Every time the board, with anything that the board was taking action on, I first gave it to the tenant councils. Okay. That's what it's supposed Sometimes, to be. Right? And, and, and we didn't always, didn't have a lease. Okay? I said, come on, y'all, let's be real about this. Yeah, give them a voice. Okay? Everybody told me, man, they were, yeah, they would take, so <clears throat> listen to me, man. Okay? They know what it takes to be better. Yeah. Yeah. So we, and that, Believe it or not, the press, they did an editorial. And one of the things that they highlighted in my career at the Housing Authority, believe it or not, was that I got tenants to sign a lease. I know. <laughs> I know. We sit there quiet like, yeah, yeah, like Read it. There's an editorial. 
that was very complimentary. Okay. What you did. Right. Was this in the Philadelphia Inquirer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. It talked about, about it, uh, yeah. we started police force. I, have, I got the, my police force trained at the academy because they're real cops. Gotcha. Okay. Why? Because I found out that the Philly police didn't come into projects. The wow. Philly police didn't want to climb the stairs when the elevator was broke. Mm. Okay. So, hey, so we did it. They, outstanding officers, man. They did a tremendous job. And they, and, know the, and they knew the community. They knew the community. Yeah. And all I would ask you to do is check the crime statistics during that period in public housing. I mean, I, I read I read articles that said that you turned public, the public housing situation around. I'm I mean, it, you, it came from it came from such a dire, corrupt situation. Quit. So when you came in, I mean, you, you, the Clinton administration called you in to to like, we we need somebody to do this. I don't know who's going to fix this or who's going to make this right, but we need to call somebody. And he, he need to look like them, okay? So I came from Wall Street. <laughs> right, exactly. You were working at... Um, I was an investment banker, exactly. vice president at Kidder Peabody. Yes, sir. And I got the call. And my son hung up on him. The baby. <laughs> White House called He hung up. <laughs> Man, see, they called back too, right? Yeah. yeah. That, that's two for two right there, right? So... <laughs> um, that that was um, that was it. That was emotionally trying because I was up close, man. I saw people suffer. Yeah. So I could I could tell you some stories that were horrific, man. The way people were living, the conditions they were living in, and uh, they had given up hope. Yeah, they had sure. given up hope, man. We uh, we had a, a conference in Princeton, and. Um, before I got in there, there was a young lady, young girl, eight or nine years old, that gone missing, couldn't find her. And I get this call, they found her. Boom, we rushed back. They found her in the wall, covered up. Wow. Wow. Right across the hall from where she lived. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. Touched. I reacted. I, would, I wanted her to react the way I reacted, the mother. Okay. I said, ma'am, I'm not mentioning any names, okay? I said, ma'am, wherever you want to move to, you got it. So I want to move downstairs. Wow. Wow. That's all she knew was that? Yeah. That's all she knew. No, that's, yeah. yeah. She wanted to move downstairs. Yeah. She could have moved anywhere she wanted to. She wanted to move downstairs. You talk, you, yeah, you talk about not having hope. You um, know, I, Ooh, Ty, what's your favorite? What's your favorite thing, mm -hmm. man? What do they say? Well, without hope, people become dangerous. That's it. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's what you're seeking. Yeah. You may not call it that. Yeah, that's the realness. That's the real man. Thank, Thank you. Can I use that? I'll tell them where I got the book. I'll tell them. But that's but that's a we, we've got to we've got to, to to get to the point where we do what we can where we are. Yeah. People look to public officials, and when I teach it, I teach this, and I mentor or give suggestions to people elected officials, it's like this. You have three things. You have power, you have influence, and you have authority. We got black power. Yeah. We got black power. We sure have. But yes. power is the last thing you want to use, because that leaves bloodshed, right? Wow. Wars start over power. Mm -hmm. Some of us got influence. Some of us can whisper in somebody's ear to change the whole thing, yeah. change the whole thing up. Yeah. What we don't do, we don't use our authority. Yeah. We don't use our authority. We don't. If you have the authority to act and you don't. They talk about me giving awarding the largest state contract at that time in the country. It's a billion dollar contract we gave to some brothers for healthcare, managed care. Gotcha. Right, yeah. the first black HMO. And um, school, they finished second. It's a billion dollar contract. It's a billion dollar contract. It's not a hundred dollars. No. This is a billion dollar contract 
to transform the health lives of 88,000 people in West Philadelphia. They finished second by three percentage points. Wow. I had the authority okay. to go up to seven. Okay. And did you use your authority? I used my authority. <laughs> the reason that people are reluctant to use their authority because of those three, power, influence, and authority, mm -hmm. authority is the only one that requires courage. Yeah. 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 I ain't got to be I ain't got to be brave to fight you, bro. Mm. Yeah. Okay, I've got to be brave to, to, to whisper in your ear about something. But to exercise your authority, mm -hmm. that takes courage. The morning that I was gonna make this award. My press secretary and I used to run every morning along the river in Harrisburg. And she said, I prepared two, two press releases. One given it to these folks, one given it to these people. She said, um, you know, if you give it over here, I'll probably go home this afternoon. I said, it's cool, it's all right. We're running. And she says, but if you give it to HMA, it's gonna be a long night. Yeah. It, was a long night. it was a long night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hospitals had to sign an agreement uh, when we were like going through it to get it done, right? They refused to sign the agreement. Because of these brothers. Because they're black. They black. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it yeah, because that's what it was. Yeah. We flipped the switch on Saturday. By that I mean we started turning everybody over on Saturday morning. Wednesday afternoon, the hospitals had not signed up. Wednesday night, I called a meeting, President Children's Hospital, Penn, uh, Hahnemann and Temple, and Einstein was the other one, and Jeff. And we met in the boardroom right at Presbyterian Hospital, right down the street. Mm -hmm. I had no experience. How do we know we're gonna get paid? Yeah, see? Mm -hmm. The brother, Anthony Welters and Walter Lomax, they made a commitment that I'm not sure I would've made. They said, if we are 30 days late on any payment, we will double your, your rate. Wow. wow. They're never late. When they asked me why I chose them, I said, because the entity that won was gonna give away turkeys and chickens and fruits and vegetables. These people were gonna give people a pager and a t-shirt that had the dates of when their next appointments were due if they were pregnant. Mm. Come on now. These people were gonna give you a pager to remind you that you had an appointment. And then I made a commitment. You reduce low birth weight births. You reduce the number of emergency room, uh, room visits that your patients have. I'll give you a bonus. Okay? I'll give them a bonus. Okay. Right? Wow. Birth weights went down. Yeah. Emergency room visits <laughs> went down. <laughs> it went down. That's okay? It. I had the authority, man. There you go. I had the authority to say the temple. Penn, Presbyterian, then Jeff, Hahnemann, Einstein. You serve more poor people than any other health claims around here. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. I gave him a higher read. See? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, these, these are things that no one really knows. You know, right. you wouldn't notice just sitting there, you wouldn't know that this, this HMO was created based on someone having the authority to do this. But let me tell you how it happened. My youngest son, chronic asthma. Mm -hmm. And we would go to Women's Medical or Henry Avenue. I'm real, I'm dating myself, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting in the emergency room. I'm seeing all these kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The emergency room was their physician. Yeah. That's why I said, oh, something wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. Now everybody got a, now everybody got a doctor. <laughs> Your HMO plan 
You select yeah. your primary care. Yes, you do. I'm telling you, yes, bro. You do. You do it that, that was not the case. Yeah. That's why we started it. Okay? Yeah. That's why we started. And so many of the things that we were able to accomplish came from real people. Right? A lady gets her utility shut off on Friday. She, ain't got, she can't pay it until Monday. You can't do that no more. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. turn off your heat. In the middle of the winter. You can't, can't do that. No, no. We said we're not going to do that. Yeah. October 15th, yeah. that heat comes on, yeah. and it stays on until April 15th. Your landlord doesn't pay the utility bill. They shut you out. No, no, no. You can't do that no more. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm, they care. Yeah. I took my son across the street. Okay? Across the street. She was taking care of my kids. She didn't qualify for the subsidy. Changed up that. No, 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 no. Uh-uh. If you got a choice, come on, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to pay $300 a week for daycare yeah. when I really ought to be paying 100 You know, you're right you, there. You, you're saying something. You're really talking about something that I think a lot of a lot of regular community folks, they really have a lack of understanding about the authority that people can use to make their lives better. And Politicians not, ought to be glad that they don't. And, and, and so that, and my, Politicians the words out of my ought mouth. to be glad that they don't. Because if they did, if, had, had, if they knew that they would... But you, if you knew what they could do... Exactly. And, and what they don't do... Well, okay. Okay. Kensington. That's a prime example. Prime. Everybody has forgotten. The government said... Y'all can come up here and get high, and nobody's going to bother you. Yep. Sure do, yeah. They sure do. The cops ain't going to lock you up. Yep. Now, you're going to lock me up for doing what you said I could do. Yeah. I know. I know. How come there's not a treatment center right there? Your choices are go to prevention point and get a needle. And we and we and, and you people go up there and they they drive past and they're just like oh my I can't believe this no, this, this walk. is horrible no 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 but no, no, they no, send no, them no, there that's no, the worst part go about up it. walk through there yeah. step on the vials see people getting it on on the steps of the L okay mm -hmm. see the kids on their way to school pick up four tons of trash and look like you didn't do nothing I know who created that yeah heroin. We've we had the heroin epidemic for decades. Yeah, Come on, yeah, man. Yeah, forever. Come on, yeah, man. Forever, man. People were shooting up inside. Yeah. Yeah. They're outside because if they overdose, somebody's going to find them. Yeah. yeah. They created their own community. Yeah. They look out for each other. Yeah, they do. They don't let you get ripped off. If they see somebody getting robbed, you, you, you're nodding out. And they see somebody trying to, like, you know, take your stuff. Somebody speaks up, bro. Yeah. We don't do that. Yeah. We don't. Look, but, but you, you, he did say the same thing. He said, what they say? He said they created a community. They did. They yeah. did. They created a and community. And they're going to be punished. Yeah. Should they be out there? No. I'm all with that, okay? But first of all, you told them to congregate here, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got fentanyl. Yeah. And you got trank. Yeah. And you, you were totally caught off, out by surprise. Why? The street, they, the street brothers told you what was coming. You didn't listen. Now you got a situation. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, <laughs> they're not going to just be able to lock people up. This is not a law enforcement issue. If people don't like what they see. I understand that. We can change the visual, but I'm looking to change the outcome. Mm -hmm. Right? You can't force somebody to go into treatment. You will relapse five, six times before you get clean. You gotta understand that. All right. So telling me you got an option. You can go to jail or you can seek treatment. Okay, where? Where are you gonna seek treatment? Where are you gonna get treatment? Right. Mm -hmm. um, I got trying to eat your flesh. Where am I going? Yeah. Um I'm on the street. Yeah. I can't go to a recovery house because I'm a needle user. I can't go to a shelter because I'm a needle. Where am I going? Right? How are you going to help me get off this? Do you realize that withdrawal can kill you? If they help put them on it, but don't have no, no options. To get them off, off of it, yeah. They will tell you, many will tell you, their number one fear of coming off of heroin is getting sick. 
I mean, I mean, you heard that back in the day, back in the day, that dope sickness. Everyone would always talk about how... The dope sickness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They want to go through that? Yeah. I was on fentanyl for 14 years for pain. Don't lock me up. It was a prescription. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and I, I'll, I'll get to that in a second because that's that's a, that's a you said what you say. Don't lock me up. It was, it was a prescription. Huh? So what's the difference between what's, <laughs> I, the, what's the difference? See, why between, are you gonna take me there? What's the difference you gonna, between? You gonna make me really tell the truth. Right? <laughs> what's, what's the difference between somebody buying it in the streets, right. you know, and then like going to the, going to the pharmacy? If you get it from a pharmacist, that means you're supposed to be under medical supervision, right? <laughs> Overall, things. supposed to be right. <laughs> But um, I went, went through withdrawal three times. Overdose because of being in the sun, right? The sun, all that. Uh-uh. Withdrawal? No, man. No. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to Allah. March 21st, 2020, I walked it off. It's a pain medicine. I haven't, I haven't had one a patch since. Gotcha. I'm in pain every day. Yeah. But all I'm really telling you, pain medicine don't cure nothing. It, it's, it's this. Yeah. It's this. It's the head, right? Yeah. It's the head. Yeah. Heroin, that's a physical addiction. Gotcha. Cocaine, that's a mental addiction. Okay. Violence. People don't want, people think I'm crazy. Violence is an idea. Well, elaborate. Violence is an idea. It's an idea. An idea comes from a thought. Yes, it is. If I change the way you think, then I can reduce the instance exactly. of violence. Exactly. Okay? Exactly. What do we do for a living? That's what we do. <laughs> I mean, on the real tip, yeah. everybody that comes to our clinic, right? I want you to change the way you see yourself. Change where you see others. You don't have to be that insecure. Yeah. You got other things to do when you get mad. That is very Change the way you think. That's a long process. It is. But guess what? It can't if you're be not thinking about doing it, you know how you were with them girls, man. <laughs> <laughs> When you talk about some things and you get it off your chest, it stops you from acting yeah. in a certain manner because yeah. you actually are able Thank to you. talk about it and get it off your chest. Thank like, you. Who do you talk to? You know what I mean? Like, and who's listening to you? There you go. That's the flip side of it, right? Who is it? Um, oh, gosh. I want to say, is it public enemy? Um, what good is talking if you're not listening? Yeah. Yeah. These are, I may make it sound so simple and so easy, because in my eyes it is. It is. It's not for everybody. No, it's not. No. But repetition is the best teacher. Yes. If you keep telling people you can do this. Yeah. You know, people need victories. Help them win. Yeah. Help them win something. Yeah. They need small victories to make the big victories. Right. Yeah, for sure. When a patient comes in and says, hey, man, you know what? I didn't hit my wife last night. You better celebrate that. Yeah. Okay? I didn't get mad at my boss. That's that's a victory. That is. It is. That's a victory. Yeah. And and you have to accept those, right? Why? Because unless you let that person know you won that day, they will continue to think they are losers. That is, yeah. so no listen he he over here so he so brother John let, let me tell you brother John what we what you dropping over there we call it dropping bars right because that's that's really what you're doing you're over here dropping gems dropping gems. bars talking about <laughs> things that I, you know first of all some people are privy to and then second of all some things people need to know about so it it, it touched me Ty because I'm yeah. like. Are you serious right now? And you know, and there are very few times that we have guests come on and we are just silent because we're listening and we're being educated yes. and we're being taught. So just even for that for, for all the knowledge you're dropping on us, like we're greatly appreciative of what you're talk, what you're exposing for us. Listen, man. The opportunity is to provide the opportunity to somebody else. That's right. And that's what you do. 
um, coming in the door, I told you I was grateful. Yeah, man. I meant that. Um, if I help, um, I'm down. Yeah, man. But that don't have to be the only time. Okay? Um, back in the day, Black Talk Radio was the catalyst for change. Yes, it was. I mean, I, I grew up in D.C. You, mm-hmm. Kathy Hughes. Kathy Hughes. Yes. Petey Green. We had Mary Mason. <laughs> yes. Yes. Georgie Woods. Yes. You hear me? Yeah. Yes. And they held black elected officials accountable. They call your name out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You don't have that now. Yeah. And, and, and oh, I mean, and as you, I don't mean to cut you off, Brother John, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to come out. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm talked out. I'm about to, my teeth about to fall out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, this is what me and Ty, we have friends, y'all Nick has told me this before, about black media in general. It's, it's, there is, there is something, there's a vast void left within black media. And there aren't, because of who we are, always like, we have to fill this void somehow, some way. You don't have a choice. No, we don't. You don't have a choice. It, because We don't. Because you got a purpose. <laughs> He and it like didn't take then. you long. Like my mama. <laughs> it didn't take you long to realize you did. Yeah. It's in the job. And, and I'll tell you, since you know. This ain't a job. No, it is. No, it's not. This is, this, is, this, is, this is a career and this is a passion. Sometimes I get it right. It's a passion. Huh? Sometimes I get it right. Yeah, yeah no, you, you hit it right. I there said, there. as soon as we dapped up. Yeah, you knew it. <laughs> you knew it. It's like, it's like my mama's spirit was sitting there resting with you because, let me tell you, I tell Ty, this is a story I tell all the time. Me and Ty, we started out doing a podcast. We started the radio station, and we was like, "Hey, let's do a podcast, right?" So I, you just said, "Let's do this." Yeah, no, we we, we both wanted to do one. So I was like, "Let's do a podcast." Like, yeah, let's do it. How did y'all get started? This, this was in 2020. Okay, so long story See, short, I'm interviewing you now. Long story <laughs> short, we, we love to tell it, right? Yeah. Long story short, Ty started uh, Philadelphia Radio in 20, 2018. Yes, uh, right out of West Philly. Right out, right out of his house, he started. He started the radio station. You was Philly too. Yes, born and raised. Oh, 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 right oh, off uh, Udall Street Market. So he started. Hey, the, right, he started the radio station and called me up one day. I do music as well, so called me up one day and said, "Hey, I, I want to make you a uh, artist spotlight on my radio station." I'm like, "I'm like, bro, I ain't ready for all that. What you mean, bro, artist spotlight? You want me to be artist? Come on, man." So then he, he, Kababi told me one day, and a couple weeks later, he started sending me his numbers from the radio station. Yeah. And every time he sent me the numbers, the numbers just keep going up. They just keep going up, just keep going up. Now, Toto, I'm already playing your music on there anyway, so. So, <laughs> so from that point on, I said, you know, Ty, this is, this is right when COVID, right when COVID hit. Right. I said, you know, Ty, I said, um, I said, I've been wanting to do a podcast, man. He said, you know what? I've been wanting to do one, too. So in April of 2020, we started out, we just started raw, as raw as possible. We started off our first episode uh, was with an artist. International and, artist. International artist in Israel. That was our first interview, okay? The second interview we did, the second conversation we had was covering a topic called His Black History Lost His Prestige. And so my mom was a teacher. She, yep. taught, she taught D.C. public schools for 25 years. And Melanie Russell. Melanie Russell. She embedded black history into her, her children, all of us. That was something that was real, real, point, real important for us. So I'd grown up like, yeah, yeah you know, I don't know why I pay attention to black history anymore like they used to. And we played the episode, put it on the radio. That was the first episode and the last episode my mother ever heard. And what she said to me was, she said, baby, you got to call them. Sometimes we get it right. Listen, listen. And from that moment on, me and Ty have been running. Yeah. And then we met T. I, I used to work at a credit union, and T was one of my members. And she she has credit. <laughs> <laughs> she yes, came, I do. She came up to me. She said, um, "She saw me in the parking lot. I don't know why I was standing in the parking lot of this day. Who knows, right? I'm supposed to be in the office. I'm standing in the parking lot." And she said to me, "She said, you know, um, she says I didn't know you had a radio show. I said, yeah, I got a radio show. She said, well, you know, I used to do radio too. If you ever need a co-host, let me know. I said, oh, that's. I said, oh yeah, I'm on it. We definitely. Too much. But I let her pass. I let let her go. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll see you again. I woke up the next morning. It was like, where's she at? I to find her. For two weeks, I'm waiting on her to come in. For two weeks, I'm waiting for her to come back to the office. 
She come in the office. I said, I've been looking for you for two weeks. I said, I need you. She said, put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I need you. And from that moment on, she says, well, let's get it. And she been with us, what are we going to say, since uh, October? Yeah. October yeah. last year. And this has just been, this has been our journey. This is what we love to do. We have a passion for it. We cover topics that people don't necessarily talk about. We like to focus on things that aren't that aren't as comfortable as people like to make them. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't like to do the, the regular media trendy things. We like to focus more on the community and yes. things that affect that affect our community on a daily basis. Thank you. So, our, 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 I guess our mission is to bring awareness to our community about things that they not, might not be aware of. Well, I don't, I don't know what your time is like, but I want to say something. I'm a word dude. Words mean a lot to me. There's a difference between telling somebody that you want them to do something mm-hmm. and you need them. Yep. I was struck by that. Yeah. I was struck by the fact that you said, I need you. That's something else that I try to emphasize. Yeah. Yes. If I am important and you need me, yeah. tell me that. The difference between me saying to T, I want you to do this. And me leaning over her cubicle and saying, T, I need your help. Mm-hmm. Didn't I do that? Yeah, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. a difference. That speaks to you, too. Yeah. I don't read resumes. I interview from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Did I tell you about that? When we, we, had a, we had a story last week. Ty said yeah. he, he applied for a job. FedEx. <laughs> he, he, he didn't give him a resume. <laughs> yeah, they said, "Why come you to give a resume?" I said, "I guarantee you, some of your employees put some stuff in their resume, and they're not, they're not doing it." Okay. And I figure, if you get into my office for an interview, you already got that, right? I want something different. I want something different. Listen. Listen, Tab, we can talk we can talk to Brother John all night. So. No, you're not, man. Now I'm going home, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm, it's I'm, look, I'm ready and I'm still here. Right, 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 right. So I got it's still the But you know, I, I didn't we we we, can, we brought you on to talk about Batman's. <laughs> come back. Yeah. Can right? I come back? That's no, no, you have to come back. Yes. You I have want to. to come back. I want we to love come you back. We we and I, I'm not saying I, I'm gonna put it to you this way. We need you. Oh, there you go. This has been my pleasure, man. I'm, I listen. When my man hears this, um, he's going to. I had a great time, you know, <laughs> I, I, learning about your history, seeing my girl, yeah, right. your listening audience, you yeah. know, and letting me be me. Yes. I probably shouldn't be saying that to the media people. But y'all let me be me. We we just we just sit behind. I didn't have to put on the. I I could be me. I mean, even the way I'm sitting here, you know, I'm like, you let me be me. I'm grateful for that. Yes. Because so much of my day. You have to be somebody else. I gotta be what somebody else expects me to be. Yeah, Yeah. you gotta be professional. So, um, (laughs) this was a mental health moment for me. This was a mental health moment for me, just because of that, my brothers uh, and sister. I'm, I can't. Uh, y'all let me be me. That's love, man. And, and, yeah. and we and we That's love, a mental we health love break, you. bro. Oh, man. Listen. Remember that. Okay. Listen. That's look. The man said, "You know, come as you are." Right. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's <laughs> <laughs> the truth. It's the truth. Yeah, that's what he said. If you yes. can see it right now, family, that's what, that's, you that's what he said. What did he say? Right yeah. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come as you are. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just one of those things. No, come as you are. Come who you are. As authentic as you can be. Yes. You know, and, you. and look, look. We, I told you about the FCC thing. If we, we I didn't saying, say nothing wrong. No, no, you, you didn't say nothing wrong. Okay. You did absolutely nothing at all. But all, all I'm saying is. I love to get you where, you where you can even. Come on, man. Let, let it all out. Because you, you let me know. Um, this is it. Now, as long as it's not Thursday night, is Chicago Police, Chicago <laughs> PD. So I don't do that, right? But Wednesday, we can do this. You know, we can do this. I, I have enjoyed myself. Um, 
Great job, um, And I want to know how I, can, how I can support you beyond this. And I want to come back. I really want to come Great. back. Man, well, listen, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk offline about support, but I, I got to tell you, um, you know, just for me, I'm going to let all of let, let them talk for themselves, but just for me, um, I am extremely humbled and, and taken back just by just by the knowledge that you have provided tonight. Um, I, I, you know, you talk about your, your praying man, you meditate. You know, I spend about 45 minutes to an hour a day in that state. And it's really just to get closer to the energy and the spirituality and all those things. Calm your spirit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and allow, allow you to kind of gather yourself. So I can even tell you before we, you came in today, I did so much work in finding out who I was talking to tonight. And the man that I might see on a piece of paper or on my screen is not the man that's sitting in front of me. I tried to tell you. And, and, I tried to tell you. And, uh, but that's, but, but I, I kind of knew this already, but I, I didn't know it. And to really find out, um, really find out in the most authentic way is what the blessing is for me. And I appreciate you just for sharing your story. It's not easy to share to people all the time. I was going to say thank you for allowing me to make myself vulnerable because I almost got filled up a couple times going back, you know. But um, and, and, and in all fairness, being a public official is hard to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah. You know, I, I don't yeah. want to prolong, you know, I know y'all got bills to pay and all that, but um, we want public officials to be like us to a point. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. We, we want public officials to feel our pain to a point. Yeah. Because if their life experience, mirrors my pain, now you got a problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I, I'm being just real talk, yeah. okay? Real talk, okay? Real talk. It's true. I can't make the life mistakes that others do. That's very true. Yeah, that's very You true. and I could have grown up together since birth. Yeah. Did everything together, right? Everything together. I mean everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Boom. You get caught. Eh, nobody knows. I get caught. Oh yeah. It's a headline. Yeah. 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 So I'm gone. I'm out, y'all. Nah, Thank you. Nah, we love you it's bro. been my pleasure. See, I, I know you're gonna see him tomorrow, right? But you, you better believe I'm coming in tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll be there bright and early. She will be. <laughs> bright and early. Congratulations, man. Congratulations, uh, my you. brother. Thank Congratulations. Yes. Thank you for the vision. Yes, thank you. And you, boy, I don't know. <laughs> and two of y'all together, that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> to you. Because yeah, well, yeah. you need it. Come on, T. Get me out of yeah, here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen. Hey. Family, we're going to be right back. Well, thank y'all for listening. WPB Radio, 8.1 FM, 95.1 FM, West Philadelphia. We want to thank Brother John White, Jr., CEO, President of the consortium family you know you don't get these blessings on a regular basis so when they come you say thank you and thank you thank you two so, most powerful words in the universe listen man we're gonna take a break we'll be right back family fam that's gonna wrap the show we want to thank you for listening to jimmy bond's podcast on philadelphia radio we ask you leave your comments and questions at 844-844-1244 again that's 844-844-1244 you can also email us at jimmy bond's podcast at gmail.com again it's jimmy bond's podcast at gmail.com that's j-i-m-m-y-b-o-n-d-s podcast at gmail.com also remember to take nothing for granted and value every opportunity you have with your friends, your family, and your loved ones. For in these times, every moment is sacred. So until the next episode, you can find me on Good Hope Road, screaming, stay up, don't sleep in your dreams. I'm Jimmy Bonds, and I'm out. Fight on. Come on.